As Valentine's Day is upon us, one of the things that we kind of look at is relationships, right? And maybe one of the things that we kind of focus on is uh, our marriage. And uh, there's a lot of pressure in there about uh, how's the relationship going? Is there things that I could be doing better? Are there things happening I'm not even aware of? So it is a pleasure today to have with us Anthony Delaney, who's written a great book called The Best Marriage. Why settle for less? Good morning, Anthony. How are you? Really good, Seth. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to have you with us. Now, your book deals with taking our marriage from better to best, but there's also an added meaning. There's an acronym there. So tell us more about that. Yeah, well, I've been a pastor for over 30 years now. Before that, I was a police officer. So I've engaged with people's relationships at all kinds of levels and tried to get something that would be able to help people, whether they're considering getting married at some point in the future, whether their marriage is kind of good, but just needs a little lift and to go from better to best, or whether it's actually that they're in a struggling situation right now. And to be able to give this acronym of something to be able to be intensely practical, some principles uh, that if we practice them is going to help to build a stronger relationship. So I can imagine that you said that you were a police officer for some years prior to getting into the ministry? Yeah, 10 years here in the city of Manchester in the United Kingdom. So right from being quite early on in, uh, in that, I was inv involved in some of the, the toughest situations, you know, yeah. domestic disputes that were going off and having to in some ways pretend I was actually a little bit older and certainly wiser than I really was to try and uh, referee some of those things. And um, But yeah, you learn from some of the hard situations that you go through, as well as being so grateful over the years for some great friends and mentors in mm. marriage who've been able to help me give me something to aspire to and to be able to connect with. So yeah, we don't just build things better by focusing on the problems, um, but as we can learn from the best, then we can get better. Mm -hmm. One thing you mention and observe is that most people just drift apart rather than fall out of love. And I, I find that to be true, too. So how do we keep that from happening? Yeah, I think that we, uh, you know, people talk about getting hitched when they get married, and you have that picture of a, of a <laughs> like a locomotive or a train that kind of goes together. But then over time, nobody intends this to happen, but perhaps you end up only connecting for um, meal breaks, or you have a little bit of a gap between the two, which over time turns into... A, a much wider gap than anybody really intended. And then one day people look at each other and they're like, you're not the person I married. But the fact is, if we're truthful, neither am I, because we mm. are growing throughout the whole of our relationships. And actually it's how do we grow together? So I came up with this acronym, which you mentioned before, B-E-S-T, to be a blessing, that's the B. How do I bless my partner and see them as being a blessing to me? What can I do to encourage them as much as possible, never to pull them down, but to build them up? Mm. Sharing. How can I be vulnerable in order to encourage vulnerability and sharing my heart with the other person? And finally, touch. the uh, Just the physicality, the nature of us actually being... God give, gave us bodies so that we can uh, love one another, hug one another, enjoy one another. And all those things are going to be building a stronger marriage. For a long time, uh, statistics were showing that um, a lot of marriages were, what was it, 50% or more were ending in divorce. And there was a tendency in our society to just say, well, 
you know, this whole getting married, what's the use? There's a 50% chance we're not going to make it. So let's just, let's just, you know, have a relationship, but let's not bother with getting married. How do you, how do you effectively talk through that and show the benefits, the real benefits of working at a marriage? Well, there are so many benefits to a marriage, uh, to a society um, generally, as well as to the the couple themselves, to not just uh, see it as a piece of paper, as it gets dismissed as sometimes, but actually to work on how do we love one another and serve one another and build one another up. And that provides a, a much more rock solid foundation for relationships, for enjoyment, also for future generations to give them the stability that is often so lacking in, in you know young people perhaps looked at what happened in the past and they they looked at their parents or grandparents marriages and said well I don't want to to be like that and that's maybe why they gave up on it however what I do is want to point them to so many that have worked it, there's been this thing that's happened I think well certainly I'll speak for the UK over the years where there were uh, forces and pressures in society that kind of came along and de denied or derided the marriage was needed these days. So that effectively with these people like over here, you might think of like the, the cultural elite who were able to write books in the 60s and the 70s saying any relationship's great except for marriage. Mm. But the interesting thing though is those people, while taking those apart for everybody else, has actually retained marriage for themselves because they know that in the end that's the way that you're going to get strengthened from generation to generation. So yeah, we're going to see that the rich and famous, uh, they're still getting married. While at the same time telling the rest of us, uh, oh, you don't need to get married. You can just um, you know, do whatever you want in your relationships mm -hmm. and ultimately you'll be happy. But we know, actually, those, those relationships so often are deeply unhappy, deeply unsettled, because we're actually made for love and we're made for, for commitment. And, and as we yes. put those two things together, we will get the, we'll get the very best because it's how we're made. To so be. true. Yes. So, Anthony, what do you do with the couples that are kind of adversarial? In other words, they each kind of like to take a side and they always are like in competition with one another. Mm. I think you've got to help them to see that it's, it's just not helping anybody to be like that. You know, there's so much in Scripture that talks about if you keep on biting one another, you're going to end up devouring each other. It's been said the best way to marry, to bury a marriage is lots of little digs. And over time, I never want to be that guy who's going to be pulling my wife down, whether in public or in private, because that doesn't benefit me. And to be able to find ways to listen to one another better, to be able to focus on the problem rather than pointing at the person, but to recognize that somewhere in the middle of us here is a problem that we can solve together and we can work on that. And we can actually get stronger by one another's perspective. Now, I'm not saying I'm the expert on this. I'd say that, you know, in, in, in my own life over the years, I've been married all this time. My wife's been very patient with me, but we've had <laughs> hang-ups and habits and hurts, and we've had some real humdingers of arguments. I've been in marriage counseling myself, We've, you know, the two of us have had to work at it, but there comes that point at which you've got to decide, actually, I believe we can work through this rather than walk out, we can work it through. And in doing so, we've actually come now into this marriage that I believe is the best it's ever been after all of these years of marriage. And I believe it's going to keep on getting better because I'm consistently learning 
Not only is my wife right a lot more than I gave her credit for in the first instance, <laughs> and I can learn a lot from her, but also that between the two of us, we end up with something so much stronger when we yeah. work together rather than the things that would, would want to and seek to pull us apart. It's just better. You know, you mentioned uh, the first uh, acronym uh, is B for blessing. Uh, and that brings up an interesting point. When both individuals are working to bless the other, it's, it's, it works well. Two-part, what are some things that you can do to bless your spouse? And what do you do when you're kind of getting the feeling, hey, I'm doing all the giving, but I'm not do, getting any getting? How do you, how do you approach that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we can look, again, I'd encourage people to look in, in, in the Bible and you're going to see really there's, there's all kinds of formats for how to bless people. You know, Jesus talked about, um, about the blessed life, but also if you look at how the patriarchs in the Old Testament lived under God's blessing and then spoke it out. It wasn't just something internalized for them, but they actually spoke out a blessing. So I'd encourage people to actually say the positives that you might be thinking, mm. bring all of the positives. There's a psychologist called John Gottman, um, who has got a, like a huge accuracy rate on predicting whether a marriage will go the distance or not based upon observation of how people interact and talk. And he talks about a five to one ratio, whereby uh, you, if you give five positives for every one negative interaction, that is going to be a relationship that's going to make a distance, go, go the distance. So I would encourage people to keep on finding positive things to say and see the other person as a blessing, as a gift from God. They're certainly never mm. a curse to you. But as you can see the other person as a blessing in a way that God has brought you two together. See, this is what my, the, the, the guy who married us, the vicar at our wedding, he said to us on our wedding day, God brought you two together and it's his intention that you stay together. Yes. And the way that we work that out is actually to recognize this other person is a, is a blessing from God. And actually, as I, I say in the book, there's no real love in a marriage, to your, to your second point, except what I put into it. I mean, you know, the relationship is like an empty box and I get to choose every day, what am I going to put in? And there's no point complaining that box is empty because the other person isn't putting anything into it. I've got to decide and I get to do it every five minutes. Every time we're together, what am I going to put in? Am I going to put in a ne another negative? Am I going to put in something positive? Am I going mm. to build up and am I going to encourage? Am I going to share? What are we going to do that's going to, so that when, when this emotional love bank that we're both building together, how, how do we get that full? Because life inevitably wants to keep making withdrawals. That is really, really good and very helpful. One important thing in marriage is communication. Really vital that we know what our spouse is saying and what they can also hear and understand what we're saying. So you have an acronym THINK for that. What does that stand for? Yeah, well, it's not original to me, but it's something that I heard years ago that I, I aim to try and put into practice, which is T-H-I-N-K. Before I say this, is it true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind? Mm -hmm. I, if you can run it through that filter, that's going to make such a big difference. And there's might, it might be just one or two of them are missing, but if so, let's not say it, because actually there's no need to say that. And, um, or is there a better way to be able to communicate what it is that I want to say if, if I have to say it in the first place? Mm. And I think that's a, a really good so approach nice. for when you're doing conflict resolution. Because in a marriage, any relationship, uh, you know, there's going to be conflict. And, 
and taking time to kind of step back and 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 run it through that filter when you're having uh, a, a difficult conversation. Those are extremely mm-hmm. beneficial. You're trying to resolve the issue, not hurt the other person, right? Yeah, and also you. It's really it also helps to to think while I'm thinking. I'm pausing, and I'm I need you know lots of this is about listening. I just be honest. I mean, this may maybe just me, but I think it's actually true. Perhaps of a lot of men, we're not that great at listening. I think that my wife's way better than I. I'm naturally at listening, so I've learned to try to keep my mouth closed. <laughs> to be able to say and listen to what she's saying, and then to do the 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 thing that you do when you go to the drive-in, at the uh, if you if you're going to go through the drive-through, um, you know, to get your food, mm. and you you give your order in terms of what it is that you want, and you, and the person sits there and just listens, and then they repeat back what it is that you've said to make sure they got it right. I, I just found that as a massive key that I wish I'd known. In the first 20 years of my marriage, it would have caused me so much less stress if I'd have just learned to, that she didn't actually need my wisdom and my answer. What she needed was for me just to listen right. and then to see, to, to repeat it back in some way shows I understand that this matters to you and that you're not necessarily even asking for my opinion or viewpoint or for me to fix it. What you actually just wanted me to do was to hear it. So the think is a good pause to help me to be able to listen. And then perhaps I'll come up, if, if, it's, if needed, if, if asked for, a different view on this. Now, again, if my wife was sitting here listening to me, she'd be saying, Anthony, you really need to keep on working at that. Because <laughs> none of this is, a, we're all a work in progress. Amen. <laughs> So speaking of that, you know, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more advice. There's probably a lot more wisdom that you have. Um, We would love to learn more and know more. Uh, The book, of course, is uh, The Best Marriage, Why Settle for Less. Um, How do we get more information about you, the book, and maybe some other information and other works that you've got? Yeah, um, thank you so much. I lead a church called Ivy Church, which is in Manchester in England. People can go to ivychurch.org and download lots of free teaching. I'm pretty much the main teacher, so I'm on there and everything's just freely available. Um, as well as this book, that which we use uh, to for, give to people for marriage preparation, marriage guidance, marriage counselling. I've also written another book with Moody. I'm privileged to have written one called The Man You Were Made to Be, which was mm. specifically to help men to be able to work out in this you know, very difficult world it is right now to be a man. What it is to not just be a man, but to be actually a man of God and to look at different aspects of a man's life like fitness and stewarding our body well, finances, uh, failures, how I relate to my family and friendships and the difference it makes to know that God is my father. So all of those things are in that book as well. And maybe these things could be something people could consider as they're, as they're looking for material to build their relationships or, or build themselves up. And they're all available from Moody Publications. Thank you so very much. Uh, we definitely appreciate your time and all the work that you're putting in. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And God bless all of your listeners.